Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. We are going to go to the Word. Once again, I would like to thank Bishop so much that he called me from wherever I was. I'll tell you a story. But before I do, I would like to remind you that the sermon series we just concluded, Bishop talked to us about doing great exploits last Sunday. And he said that there is only one creation that is authorized to carry out or manifest exploits on earth. And that is you and I, a human being. And so we are not going to look to spirits to do anything. Shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Lord, our desire is that as your word is being preached, you will meet our hearts. You will meet our minds. We will be transformed. We will be changed. We bless you. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. So when someone asks you Christmas, what comes to your mind? And so the sermon series we are going to be introducing is called Joy to the World. Tell your neighbor, joy to the world. How many of us eat nice food and they are angry? So when we talk about food, we talk about gifts, we talk about family, we talk about traveling, we talk about all these things. Usually, they evoke joy in our lives. And so that is what Christmas is supposed to be about. For those of us who love writing, today we are looking at let earth receive her king. I grew up in Gaba Community Church. And so, I used to sit at the back. And the back was such that that's where the door was from the parking lot. For us here, the back doesn't have a door. But where I used to sit was the first pew when you get into the church. And I used to sit there because I didn't do much in the house of God. All I made sure was... If there was going to be prayer meeting, I made sure their mics were ready, the church was clean, the chairs were organized. I just made sure that when the preacher or the leader of the prayer comes, everything is in order. I used to sit there with a couple of people. One of them is one of my friends called Miriam. There was Patrick Serunjoji, and a couple of things, a lady called Pros. And so, as I used to sit there one day, God told me I should stop sitting there. I should come and sit in front. And I was like, what are you up to now, God? You know God talks, right? I didn't like sitting in front. I didn't, I mean, why should I sit in front? All I made sure was everything that needed to be done and people who are to sit in front would find a comfortable place. I would go to church at 7 a.m. Back then we had three services. The last service would end at 2 So I would be among the last people living. I enjoyed doing that. Just making sure everything at church was running well. But after talking to God and realizing God wanted me to come and sit in front. And that's where the pastors used to sit. I pleaded with God. I said, okay, I'll sit on the second pew. So I started sitting on the second pew. That was my experience. We are going to look at the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 238. So we are going to read it, but we are going to read it in bits, okay? 
But that is the portion of scripture we are looking at. Hallelujah. Many times, almost throughout, to the best of our knowledge, here in Uganda, during Christmas season, most of us, I didn't hear anyone say that, but most of us go to the village. Sounds familiar? Those of you who have villages anyway. Do you know there are people whose village is in Kauku? There are people whose village is in Chirombe, in Bunga, in Kavalagala. But where is your village? There, 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 there. So I'm talking about going to a place where grandparents, your parents, maybe your cousins, your relatives really are. That's what I'm talking about. So it's usually a time when we go there because we want to enjoy the food, we want to receive the gifts, we want to have fun. Uh, some kids have grown up in Kampala, but during Christmas they go to the village, that's when they walk barefoot. Because in Kampala you can't really walk barefooted and you're comfortable. But in the village, you can leave your shoes anywhere and walk around, go to, the, to fetch water and whatever. Why? Because during the gatherings, it is time just to be, to let go, to rest, to exhale, if it were, you know? So, even as we are here, some of you are already thinking, my plan to go to the village, aren't you? Even on Christmas Day, immediately after the service, some of us are running. Some of us are villages are in, in Iganga, which is three and a half hours to Iganga. So, immediately after service, you're like, if you're in the ushering team, you're like, oh, I must go. You know, they are waiting for me because you want to be with family. Because it is a nice time to be together. So why do we do that? The thing is, most of us just think of the food and the enjoyment we have. We don't think in terms of there must be a reason why this happened. Something must have happened. That is why we are going to do this. And the truth of the matter is, our desire to go to the village is a mirror of what Jesus did for you and I. He left his throne, he left his father, and came to the village. And you know where the village is? Here. Here. Most villages, I don't know about your village, of course there are certain villages which are state of the art. Hmm? Some. So some people's villages may really have all the amenities, but most villages are lacking. You have to go fetch water, maybe use firewood, maybe you use charcoal. There is a lot of hardship, okay? Some villages are not like that. Don't ask me about my village. So Christ left heaven, the throne of God, his throne. How many of us know what thrones look like? Have you seen the throne of the king of England? Have you ever seen him sitting? Go home and Google today. It is a throne made out of pure gold. Like even just an earring made out of pure gold shines, right? How much more when it's a whole throne? And in heaven, God's throne has gold everywhere. Precious stone. The streets are made out of gold. So how much more do you think his throne looks beautiful, wonderful, awesome. And Jesus left it just for you and I, that he might reconcile you and me to Jesus Christ. Don't you feel excited about that? Jesus valued you so much that he was able to do that. Hallelujah. So, 
We are going to read the scripture. Hallelujah. We are going to read the scripture and then we go, we continue going about it. Let's read together. Who was sent? Who sent him? Okay, let's continue. Verse 27. To a virgin bestrode to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Did you hear just what the angel told Mary? How often do people come to you and tell you, rejoice, you are highly favored one. If someone came and greeted you like that, wouldn't you find it weird? Highly favored one. That is what the angel told Mary. The Bible tells us that Mary was told, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. What does that mean? To God, you and I, are people he looks at according to his purpose and destiny. He does not look at us the way we look at ourselves. That is why when God was addressing Mary, he did not address her as the little girl. It is said Mary was 16 or 17 or something like that. She was little. But to, to God, she was a highly favored one. So we need to stop and think when God looks at me, how does God look at me? God did not send an angel to Mary to address her based on her past. He did not address her based on who she is. We will see shortly what Mary was thinking. But he said, highly favored one, rejoice. Maybe this person is wondering, why should I rejoice? We will see shortly. But the truth of the matter is, after she's told that, this is what happens. God does not define you according to your village. He does not define you according to your height, according to your weight, according to your looks. Oh, so-and-so has a flat nose. So-and-so looks like this. So-and-so looks like this. According to your current status, maybe you're broke. Maybe you owe your landlord money. Maybe you don't have what to eat. God does not look at you like that. Why? It looks according to destiny and purpose upon your life. Praise the Lord. Do you know that that is one of the most important things? Why you and I should cling on to the Lord? Because I was telling you a little while ago that I come from a certain village. What else does the angel tell Mary? The Lord is with you. Do you see? The angel is telling Mary very profound truth about who she is before God. The angel is not telling Mary what she thinks. So, you are blessed among women, not blessed among children, not blessed among teenagers, but blessed among women. So this is a fundamental truth about people God is going to use. God sees you according to what he has destined and purposed for you. And so children of God and child of God, if you are here, and you have been thinking that God does not see you. God sees you. Just that. Are you thinking like Mary? Let's find out what Mary was thinking. But when she saw him, verse 29. But when she saw him, that is unheard what she said to him. 
she was troubled at his saying and considered, what manner of greeting is this? Come on now, what is the problem? Why are you talking to me like that? You're calling me a woman, you're telling me rejoice, you're telling me this. I can just imagine. Can you also imagine? Me, I can. Oh, for you it is well. Did it sound like it's a normal greeting? The lady was troubled, maybe just like you. Now, it isn't just that she was alone who was troubled. Isn't that the truth about each one of us? We always think according to what we feel or according to what we know about ourselves. That what God calls us and what we have learned about ourselves or what we call ourselves are two different things. Child of God, are you calling yourself what God has called you? Or you are calling yourself what you think you are? How many times do we go, our eyes are having fellowship with our feet because we think the world has rejected us? Who told you? When your eyes are having fellowship with your feet, you walk like this. But that is not who you are. That's not who you are. Let's learn something from this story. Okay? You see that Christ and his message for the rest of the people is the same today. That he rejoice, highly favored one. I bring for you a message. I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know what your circumstances are. But this day, just like the angel told Mary, I bring for you the news. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, rejoice. Why? Because you're highly favored. Who has highly favored you? It is God who has highly favored you. You know? It is God who has highly favored you. But you also need to know that you can never help anyone who is not willing to be helped. You can never. I'll tell you a story. It is said there was a man who was uh, in Western Europe. They normally have winter. And winter can be harsh. Okay? In Russia also. It's not Western Europe, but Russia can really be so... I mean, winter can really be so harsh. So this particular man fell off a cliff. And it was winter season. So he started crying out, God help me. He, and as he was falling... He grabbed hold of a twig. You all know a twig, yeah? He was holding on to a twig. God help me. God help me. God help me. And then he heard a voice saying, let go of the twig. You all know a cliff, right? Okay. So a cliff is like a very high rock. And if you fell from up, it means that you can easily die. Because it is steep. And it is deep. Usually it ends in a sea or something or a lake. And so this man missed a step and he fell. Along the way, he grabbed hold of a twig. And he was crying out, help me, help me. A voice told him, let go of the twig. Remember when you call upon God, he answers, right? And so God answered him, let go of the twig. He kept quiet. God, help me. God, help me. Let go of the twig. He kept quiet. And then he said, someone else, please help me. He did not let go of the twig. He held on to the twig. Do you see? Eventually, this man was found dead. And when he was holding on to the twig, if he had let go of the twig, the distance between where he was and where the ground was, was one meter. Who can die if you fall from one meter height? Can you die? 
But if someone does not need help, you cannot help them. No matter how good your intentions are. Do you see? And so we as people of God, we as people who come here, God should know that God cannot help you. God cannot help me if I am not allowing to be helped. Because he has great intentions and plans for us. We have seen from Mary. He has plans for her. He has a destiny for her. I mean, great things. But she has to allow. Remember the sermon of last week? Great exploits. Great exploits. But you have to allow. Hallelujah. So Gabriel's first order of business was to assure her who she is. But still, she's like, why are you saying that? So how many times do we have some preconceived ideas in our minds about who we are? Think, as we are going through this portion of scripture, relate yourself to Mary. What are you thinking about who you are? How do you know yourself? Do you know yourself the way God knows you? Then also, why would an angel have to tell you such things? Because he wanted Mary to be assured of God's presence. Hallelujah. Every person God is going to use on earth, every person God uses, every person God will use, past, present, and future tenses, God will assure you he is with you. You are favored. And so even you today, know that God is with you. God favors you. God's presence is with you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we have to look at the story of Mary because when we think that maybe Mary was special, for me, I am a child who was born out of wedlock. For me, I'm an orphan. For me, I am... What are the circumstances under which people feel so small? For us, we are very poor. Sounds familiar? Hallelujah. The assurance God is giving you is, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That does not matter at all. How you are born, how you are raised, what your personal circumstances are, do not matter. God has a purpose. God has a destiny for you. So, praise the Lord. Some of us have parents who may have tortured us, in quotes. Maybe they were doing the best way they knew how. And you feel that nobody loves you. You feel rejected. You feel even God doesn't love me. It's not true. I am assuring you this day, it is not true. Okay? Why? Because we have just read the greeting Gabriel gave Mary. All right, let's go to verse 30. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Remember how the Bible tells us she was troubled. She was what? Now, the angel is telling her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, what has Mary found? What has Mary found? Let's continue reading. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Hallelujah. Do you see now God is unrolling his plans for Mary. He first affirmed 
gave her a definition, affirmed who she is, and then went ahead to give her a job description. I'm using the word job description loosely. Hallelujah. And who is Jesus? She is not just going to be pregnant. Hello? She is going to carry Jesus who is king. Hallelujah. He is not only king, he is a great king. We call him king of kings. What do we call Jesus? King of kings. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and it will have no end. This is the kind of person Mary was going to conceive. And so, it has to come to, he's going to bring that kingdom to your heart. That is what Jesus does. Your family, your home, your relatives, your community, your church. That is what Jesus does. He brings a kingdom. He, don't just, he doesn't just walk al alone. Kings don't walk alone. Kings have an entourage. So when Jesus comes, he brings to you, he brings to your family, to your king, to, to your family, to your church, to your heart, he brings change. Hallelujah. He brings the kingdom of God. But the king must find a person who will let him in. So the discussion between Mary and the angel, again, Mary had to speak to the angel. They had a conversation. The angel just didn't speak and tell her A, B, C, D and walked away. They had a conversation. And that means you and I also have to receive the king. And we are not saying a king. The king. Hallelujah. We must open our hearts wide. We must open our hearts. We must open our minds to receive the king. How do we do this? There is no kingdom that can have two kings. None. In the past, at least from the kingdoms, I mean, what we've read, most of the kingdoms have history. But one, some of the kingdoms which we know a lot about is kingdoms like in Europe because they wrote down their history. In those kingdoms, there was a lot of war. Why? Because no kingdom can have two kings. It is either A or B. And so what they would do back then, they would literally kill a certain lineage or certain lineage because there has to be only one king. Even the kingdom of your heart, Christ must reign. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of your heart, there can only be one king and there can only be one person to reign in it. Before he will reign in your marriage, before he will reign in your office, before he will reign in your job, before he will reign in your family, before he will reign in anything about your life, he must first reign in your heart. Hallelujah. Many of us find it very easy to invite Christ. I have problems. Lord, come and take over. Jesus is able. Hmm? He is able. He is able. But is he reigning in your heart? Is he reigning in your heart? Before we go ahead to talk about him reigning in our circumstances. Praise the Lord. Is he reigning in your circumstances? Don't thrust to Christ your circumstances before you have brought your heart to him. Because if he does not reign in your heart, it's very most, of course he's a merciful God. Pastor Martha just taught us about God being merciful. He's a merciful God. He can come 
and rescue and redeem circumstances in your life. But the most important thing you and I should do is to allow him to reign in our hearts. Because he will not share a throne with anyone else. He will not. Some of us actually are the ones who are seated on the thrones of our hearts. You are the boss. You do as you wish, as and when you want. Someone tells you, do say, no, 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 no. Me, I don't do those things. Hmm? I don't do that. Why? I do as I wish. You have to let me be. You, I have to take my time. No, Jesus will not have you co-share a throne with him. He will not share the throne with your children or with your parents. He will not share a throne with your husband or with your wife. The order of things is like that. Take it or leave it. He will not share his throne with your business. This business of clinging on to our things, it is my thing. You don't know how I used to have sleepless nights. Now people are thinking that my business is for everybody. Who told you? God will not share you, your heart, with your business. He is looking for someone who is a virgin, who is untainted, who is defiled, who does not offer their heart to anything so that he will exercise his reign. Hallelujah. He will exercise his reign in your heart if you will receive him. He will exercise his reign in your heart if you will acknowledge him. He will exercise his reign in your heart. But have you received him? Have you given him your heart? So, what does Mary do? Then Mary said, verse 24, 34, sorry. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? All right, plain English. Mary was asking Gabriel, how can she get a child when she's not married? Praise the Lord. You all know that children have to be born in a certain way, right? You don't get them through the air. There is no osmosis that can create a child. You can drink all the water you want. So Mary was asking, how can I get a child? Maybe even us, we are asking the same thing. Hallelujah. Maybe each one of us is asking like Mary. Because what Mary wants to figure out, God has already figured out. How can this be? How, God, how? How, God, how? God has called you. God has instructed you. God has sent you. God has said this and you're busy saying, how God? How? How? That is the default of a person. But the thing is, we are moving away from that default. If God has said, how sweet is it for us to rest in the workings of God? It is like that man I told you, who, let, who was told, let go of the twig. And he refused. Because we want the how. I'm sure in his mind he was asking, this is the only thing that keeps me from falling to my death. Now, if I let go of this twig, what will happen? Hallelujah. You may also be asking the same thing. How shall I let God reign in my heart? I've been telling you, let God reign, let God reign, let God reign, let God reign. And you're asking, okay, how do I do that? Are you, are you asking that question? Or you are just saying, okay, uh, uh, how soon is she finishing? How soon is she finishing? Praise the Lord. The fact that you're here means God wants you to hear this message. And I beg you, please listen. God is in the business of changing the lives of men and women. Just like he changed the life of Mary. Why? 
because he has a destiny and a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. Much better than you could ever have. Much, much better. Hallelujah. And so what happens then? If you're asking, how can I give him all that and be alone? How can I do that? How? I've just told you about your marriages, about your children, about your... How can I do that? How can I give him all? Hallelujah. Do you see what, what the angel is saying? The angel is saying, who will come upon her? The Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Exactly. It is still God. We have all these questions and it is only God who has the answers. And he has already provided the answer even before we ask the question. The angel is saying, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Hallelujah. Everything has been worked out by God. Everything has been put in place by God. And so we should not crack our little heads trying to figure out how this will, is going to be. Hallelujah. Have you ever tried to fetch water from Lake Victoria and put it in a, somewhere? Anyone? Try to drain all the water from Lake Victoria. Where would it fit? That's exactly what we are doing. When we are trying to figure out God, God has already provided the answers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, what happens next? Verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, do you see a testimony? First, the angel comes affirms her. They have a conversation. When Mary starts asking questions, the angel tells her, God has already provided an answer. Not only does the angel tell her God has already provided the answer, the angel goes ahead and gives a testimony. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son in her old age. Do you see how God loves you? Do you see how God loves us? That he's not only affirming her, he's not only having a conversation with her, but he is also telling her something she knows or someone she knows. Elizabeth is her relative and Elizabeth is pregnant even before Elizabeth has told her. Do you see? And this is now her sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Tell your neighbor. For with God, for with God. Now, I'll just give you a little explanation. This lady was married to the high priest, the Zachariah. And they had been written off as, oh, that old couple, Bambi, they didn't get children. Bambi. You know people talk. Bambi. But here she is in her old age. God gave them a child. And who announces it? It is an angel announcing to Mary. How often do people get children and an angel announces them? So I don't know what your circumstances are, but God has your back. God has your back. I do not know what it is that you're carrying. I don't know what that mugugu it is. Maybe it is also barrenness. Maybe it is a certain form of suffering. Where people keep looking and saying, hmm, Kale Bambi. You see how people keep talking about Bambi, Bambi. Eh? But God has your back. Look at the news that happened to Elizabeth. There is a friend of mine who was telling me that her friend was praying for her. 
And then God gave a message to her friend. And then she was telling her, I didn't know even God has Lugambo. So ideally, maybe Elizabeth would say, can you imagine God has Lugambo? He repeated, he went and reported that I'm pregnant in my old age. But the idea here is, here is God confirming to Mary who he is. Hallelujah. He is already king. It is not up to us or Mary to crown him king. He is already king and our part is to merely respond to his reign. He is already king. It is done. It is sealed. It is you and I who should respond to him, not him responding to us because he has already done his part. Hallelujah. We must recognize that Jesus is not just another big brother. Many times we end up I will tell you this. Some members of my family have certain positions. But to us, we call them by name. Why? Because for us, they are family. But the truth of the matter is, these people are very important. So the same thing with Jesus. Even if, even if he is our brother, Jesus is our brother, not they. Jesus is our brother. That is true. But he is king. And do you know the kind of, the kind of respect that a king is given. Do you know the kind of honor a king is given? We should give that to Jesus. Hallelujah. We should allow him to reign. We should allow him to oversee us. Because he is his majesty. Because he is the king of kings. Because he is the holy one. That is what we've read. I am not telling you things I have created. That is just what we have read. Hmm? We must get to a point and say, you know what, Lord? I surrender. Hallelujah. He is Lord. He is mighty. He is. He is. When someone says, I am, do you have anything to add to them? Do you? When someone says, he is, do you have anything to say to them? No, because this is the Lord. This is the king. So what Mary says to Gabriel is the most appropriate answer to this king. I will read for you. Then Mary said, behold, shall we read it together? Verse 38. So Mary did her part, and her part was to respond to the reign of the king. Her part was to surrender to that which God has pronounced over her life. Her part was to say, here I am, Lord. Let it be done to me. Today I believe there are many of us that God is calling to this life of surrender. Are there any of us who God has called to surrender? Maybe you have been sitting on the throne of your heart. The Lord has called you, and when you look at the responsibility he's asking you, you're like, <laughs> no, not me, not me. I understand. I really understand. Me as Judith, I really understand. When you say no to me, because even Mary was wondering, but the truth of the matter is the angel said, with God, nothing is impossible. Praise the Lord. What does... The Lord, with God, nothing is impossible. So the Lord has called you. And you might look at this as a heavy burden. The Lord has been speaking to you. And you're saying, no. Nedda Tata. And you're calling him Tata. Nedda Daddy. Eh, he's Daddy, but you're saying Nedda. The two don't work together. When it comes to Daddy, it is yes and yes. When it comes to Tata, it is yes and yes. When it comes to Papa, it is yes and yes. There is no such thing as, oh, you see. So this Christmas season, this Christmas season, 
I would like to challenge you. I would like to remind you that the king is already on the throne. We don't need another king. And it cannot be you. It cannot be me. It cannot be any one of us. Can you and I surrender to the king? Can you and I say, you know what, Lord? It is true you are king. Can we all join Mary and say, I, what did Mary say? Can we also, when God calls us to duty or whatever it is he has said, can we say like Mary, let it be done to me according to your word. Because God is continuously seeking and looking for men and women he can use. He cannot use you when you're so full of yourself. And I'm saying this with a lot of humility. Because sometimes people think or get to think that pastors have arrived. It's not true. This is a walk of faith. And we have to surrender every single day. Praise the Lord. Every single day you wake up, you're like, Jesus, have your way. Here I am, Lord. Let it be done according to what you've... Every single day. You cannot arrive in this kingdom. Praise the Lord. In this kingdom, you cannot arrive. It is about, yes, Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Let us receive the king. Now I ask you, my brothers and my sisters, have you received the king? Will you be the one to answer his call with total surrender? Will you? Will you? Only, only then shall we be able to see. Only then and only will we be able to see the Holy Spirit come upon our lives. Remember what the angel promised Mary? That the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We'll see the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And the power of the Most High will overshadow us. Praise the Lord. So how are you going to live your life? The year is coming to an end. And maybe 2022, you've had so many regrets. And you're wondering, God, I have always come to church. I don't know what to do anymore. My question is, do you know the king? Do you know the king as Lord? Have you surrendered your heart to the king? Do you know the king? Do you know the king? Have you surrendered to the king? And so I'm going to give an opportunity to any one of us here who says, I always hear about things, but I don't understand. So if you'd like to give your life to Christ, this is an opportunity for you to do so. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 706 332 or 776 579